What's the most you've made on a single ASIN? Probably around eleven to thirteen thousand dollars. Damn. That was Q4 in 2022. I sold some of these, uh, just a little over a million this past year. So it's uh, it's been it's been good to me. It's been good. To, uh, you know, I've been in and out of jail a few times. I've been to prison, and I did well for a little while. And then I wasn't taking care of my personal responsibilities, and then. I ended up back in back at my mom's house and back on the streets and like by this time like I was full fledged like um, addicted to opiates like I'm, I'm not sure how that part of it so you feel like you're dumb because you can't find anything but like that person has that day too you just don't see it but still having money in the bank account means you don't have inventory uh, so it's really hard I'm eating about six thousand calories a day Holy and smoke. it's about uh, so I've learned more about it in the last few months and. Once you learn that kind of stuff, it's like you take like a red pill. Like you're in the you're like in the matrix. You learn that you actually most you've lost on a single ASIN. Yes, and uh, what's more important to build up, build up the physique or the money? What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazon uh, the Side Hustle Experiment Podcast. We're joined here with David. Uh, he's done over a million dollars on Amazon. He has a full-time job. He wakes up at four in the morning. He's into bodybuilding. He has a ton going on. So we're going to be talking all about his Amazon business, fitness, uh, discipline, motivation. He's really into all of that kind of stuff. Uh, definitely a good follow on Instagram. Uh, what's going on, man? Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I watch all stuff a lot. Appreciate that. So yeah, you want so, to give us uh, just a quick background. Uh, we're not like big in the backgrounds. You don't have to be like, oh, I flipped my first thing. Just kind of like a quick, like one to two minute overview. And then we'll start getting like pretty deep and stuff. Um, yeah, I started selling on Amazon like uh, 2021. Um, I was like saved up some money and I was listening to this thing and it said that you need to put your money in something where you can get at least a 20% return. And I looked around at stuff and like, it was hard to find a 20% return in places. And then I come across like Amazon at first it was like eBay and I didn't like eBay and listing stuff and like all that nonsense. Yeah. And, um, so then I come across Amazon and sent in my first, sent in my first shipment, seeing that it was real. And then I ended up buying a few courses. I've bought a lot of courses over the past like three years. Um, my first year I sold, I think 180,000. My second year was. 856,000 and then I sold a million just a little over a million this past year. So it's uh it's been it's been good to me. It's been good to me and I've had a full-time job the whole time doing this. So I mean it's it's a lot of work but yeah, that's a that's a short overview of it. That's amazing. I think one of the biggest parts too like you've done it without credit cards, correct? I did get an Amazon loan. Uh okay. Probably after my first year, Amazon gave me a $30,000 loan. That's about paid off. I only got two more months to pay that. Well, what did you, uh, um, well, what do you do full time for your job? So I help get people into rehab. So I work at a call center. I'm an admissions coordinator. So we advertise all over the internet, um, like AA, Alcoholics Anonymous websites, all that. People call in and like if we can help them and they're qualified to go, like I try to convince them usually to fly. So a lot of it is sales because a lot of people don't really want to go to rehab. They just want to like, you know, do the bare minimum. So 
Um, it's kind of sales, but kind of, you know, other. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, if you, I, I want to hear kind of this backstory of stuff because uh, I saw some of the stuff you were talking about. Like, I have a hard story too. I was looking at some of your Instagram stuff, and uh, I grew up like I'm probably in a similar area to where you're in Tennessee and stuff. And I'm like, I, I like hearing those kind of stories, especially when you like come out, you know, doing fucking well. So yeah, yeah. if you if you want to get into that kind of thing, I, I'm very intrigued yeah. on that. Yeah, so um, addiction is a big part of my story. Pretty much my whole family is just since I was like a young, well, since about 15 or 16 years old, like, you know, my mom used to like give me drugs. I'd share drugs with her, my whole family, like we did drugs. And it's just like been a, a part of like my nature of like just getting high. And, uh, you know, I've been in and out of jail a few times. I've been to prison and I did well for a little while. And uh uh, in about 2015 or 2016, I just started taking on a lot of responsibility, uh, getting married, trying to adopt these twin girls, um, started the job and like was growing in this position. I used to rank websites in Google. I used to do SEO stuff. And wow. so I like I self-taught myself. I self-taught this um, to myself and I was I got this position and I didn't really know anything about the industry. I knew how to rank websites, but as far as like growing in the director of SEO for a company, I really didn't know. And so about this time I started getting off parole and I started like smoking weed a little bit more, taking more pills. And the reason that I did it was because I was overwhelmed and I felt like if I could just get a little bit of an edge and uh, you know, and I had an edge for about a year, but then it like just kind of turned. And then I started going through a divorce and then I wasn't taking care of my personal responsibilities. And then I ended up back in at back at my mom's house and back on the streets. And like by this time, like I was full fledged, like um, addicted to opiates. Like I'm, I'm not sure how familiar people are with drugs and stuff, but like there's certain drugs that can cause you withdrawals if you take them for a long enough time and, and you stop. So I kind of chased that for a long time, and uh, I ended up like almost uh, almost dying. I was. Uh, I was a needle user, so like I got a, a very not hygienic um, lifestyle, and I ended up getting staff, and I had to go to the hospital, and I walked with a cane for about a year and a half, and then I found from 2019 to 2020, uh, I was signed up to get a hip replacement, but they told me that I have to have a year clean before I before I get a hip replacement, and so up until that point, like 2019 to 2020, like I was kind of learning. Uh, like how to handle money, how to manage money. My whole thing was that like, if I can't manage like $3,000 a month, I'm never going to be able to manage $10,000 a month. So I started getting, I listened to a lot of like Jim Rohn, Les Brown, Eric Thomas, mm -hmm. stuff like that. And uh, like kind of started honing in on like the small things that I can control. Like what time I wake up, what do I eat when going to the gym? And I just focused on all that. And uh, once I had my hip replacement, I was like, man, I'm ready to do something else. And that's when I stumbled across Amazon and started doing all that. And, uh, yeah, so I got clean in 2019. I haven't, I mean, I do some PEDs like, you know, testosterone and stuff like that, but I don't, I don't get high. I don't drink. I don't do none of that. Yeah. I was about to, I was looking at your stuff. I'm like, man, I wonder if this guy does any PEDs because you're jacked. <laughs> He's like, what do you, what do you like? And you, I saw him repping the one twenties on incline. I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty strong myself. So I can, when I see somebody like that, I'm like, okay, I know how hard that is. Like the eight reps or 10 reps or something. <laughs> Yeah, that was, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been in the gym since like 2019 and kind of like I shared on my story today, it's just the one thing that's been constant. The one thing that like 
uh, it's like where I meet myself and like helps me just keep that discipline of showing up for myself. Cause I, I mean, I didn't show up for myself for a long, long time and I put everybody else first. And like, if I take care of me and put myself first and like my, my goals and things that I can control like that, like everything else kind of just falls into place. It's super easy. Yeah. I know like Jim Rohn's big on that. It's like, I'll take care of me for you basically. Cause if you're good, yeah. you could like take on other people. And yeah, the other day on your Instagram, I was, I kind of had the same thing today. It was like snowing and it's like a good excuse, like not to go to the gym. It's like, oh, it's snowing. Like it's a pain, but you're like, no, man, I have stuff to do. And you were like in shorts. It, I don't know how much snow you had, but it looked like a lot. And he's just like trekking to like his apartment gym because the gym was closed. Like luckily for me, my gym was open. But I was like, damn, yeah. like it was just, and you're like, nah, man, I have stuff to do. Like I don't have time to like sit around and like, I don't know, make snow angels or do whatever people do in the snow. Yeah. Um, you know, so like I, I listened to a lot of David Goggins and uh, have read both of his books and uh, it, it, the way he talks about like, there's two voices inside of us. Like one voice like tells us like the right thing to do. And then there's another voice that tries to talk us out of it. Hmm. And uh, I, I've like, I've felt that for a long time and nobody like I've never heard anybody talk about it until I read his book. And I was like, wow, that's crazy because I've thought, I thought that my whole life and um, you know, not listening to that one voice that tries to talk you out of stuff because I, I will. And it kind of goes back to uh, Napoleon Hill's outwitting the devil. Um, I was going to say, have like, you read that book? Cause that's exactly what that book is. Yeah. I love that so, book. One of my favorite books. So yeah, just trying to, just trying to trying to listen to the voice that I need to the good the good conscious voice and doing just putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah, it's an extremely impressive story, really. I, I'm not surprised on the Goggins stuff. I just watched him and Huberman on that pod, and that was uh, just so it's so intriguing how he can put stuff away, and he's like, none of you guys are going to understand this or whatever, and <laughs> like, but really, if you've like been through stuff like that, you've been through like hard times and everything, you, it really resonates more with God, like where what Goggins says instead of like you just see him as this guy that runs and says the f word, but like really there is some kind of crazy message there that if you can take hold of that in your life, you could really like flip things a ton. Yeah. I think going through a lot of hard times, it's just like you develop like a certain voice inside of yourself, like two of those voices. And, uh, it's, it's just, there's a big negative voice that you can just listen to. And it's been there like forever. And then you just wake up one day and you're not like, I'm not going to listen to that anymore. I'm not going to, I'm not doing that. I listened to that. Uh, I listened to most of that uh, episode too. And, uh, you know, developing that willpower that he's talking about. And I forget what he, I forget the exact name he says, but crazy. Doing the things that, yeah. Just doing <laughs> the things that you don't want to do. And uh, like, yeah. if you, like, if I want to go to the gym and I want to do chest day, like it's not building that willpower muscle, whatever Huberman called it. Yeah. But yeah. Just doing the, doing the hard things, which I mean, it's, it's difficult. I'm not like some machine or anything. Like sometimes, you know, I I'm lazy. I'm human. Yeah, I was actually working out with my trainer the other day. And like we'll do it one on one every once in a while, like I don't know, twice a month or whatever. And he's like, Man, like he's trying to like cut weight and get like more jack. And I'm just kinda like, oh, I'm just not feeling it lately. Like, cause I was like, not that I'm not into it, but it's just like I'm at like not a plateau, but it's like it, it just wears on you if you're going there every day, two hours a day. And he's like, Man, like I feel like a zombie. I was like, What do you mean? He's just like yeah, it's just hard, man. Like, I'm trying to cut. Like, I'm just trying to get jacked. And, like, I always want to eat. I was like, is it always like that? He's like, yeah. If you're, like, trying to, like, make that next move, 
and to me i was like i thought there was something wrong with me feeling like oh like i just and he and then he comes along and he's like no i feel like that too but like you just gotta push through it and like yeah i think sometimes you need to hear that like when people are just like you see these youtube videos like oh like i just spent ten thousand dollars like on profitable inventory but that same person's also like shit i can't find anything today but like you don't hear that part of it so you feel like you're dumb because you can't find anything but like that person has that day too you just don't see it yeah yeah and you know another reason that like i'm i sort of it's things like that when people say that when in the amazon space and they're like yeah i spent ten thousand dollars by lunchtime or something and i guess that's cool early on like it but just listening to that all the time by like 19 year olds and that think that they know everything and it's just so like it just does something to like i just don't i don't want to hear it i don't it's not i don't it's i don't know it's just like clickbait stuff like i could i could grow my following a lot bigger by doing amazon stuff but it's just like i don't uh i I just get tired of sometimes talking about the same things over and over and um not that i'm not going to stop doing amazon but uh just talking about the same things over and over and then once you're um like a person in the amazon space like people will try to find your store your storefront stalked by all kinds of people and so i'm just like i just want to sell and do my thing and um but, of the radar yeah it makes sense that the the funny thing on the whole like goggins thing and these amazon guys i don't know if you heard him talk about like lying to himself a bunch when he's young like just constantly he's lying he's wearing like crazy outfits and crazy yeah. hair because he wants to he's trying to put off that he's somebody he's not and i feel like a lot of that um like clickbaity type of i did this today and this stuff maybe some of it's true but a lot of it, I feel that kind of energy from it of like, a, am putting myself up here to be this type of person. So people view me like this. So I can get this social media cred and this clout and stuff. And yeah, it kind of, it's been irking me too. Like I've largely stopped posting content on Amazon in general, like for the last six months, it's the same thing. Cause I just, it's just the same stuff over and over and over. You see the same, like there's new people that rise. They say the same shit as the old people. It's just like a constant <laughs> churn of all these people. I'm like, what is this stuff? Like, what am I doing here? It's time to like make a shift, which I definitely get where you're coming from there. So what yeah. does your Amazon business look like? So this month is not that great. Usually January's don't really treat me that well, just because yeah. like I get on this Q4 high and just rocking and rolling. And then, you know, around Christmas time, I slow down and kind of take a little bit of a break and the buying slows down. And then I see my bank account growing and I like it, but still having money in the bank account means you don't have inventory. Uh, so this month is kind of slow, but, um, man, Q4 was really, was really great. Um, I really didn't start picking things up until about black Friday. I sell a lot of video games. That's kind of what I focus on. And, uh, but man, I, I don't source that much. Um, I have a really big database of leads that I'm on a leads list and I was on a Q4 leads list and I've used unlisted inventory in Amazon. So, uh, basically now, and I do source new things, um, sometimes, but I can just print off or not print off. I can export like the ASINs from unlisted inventory in, in uh, inventory lab or the, my big like leads list. Uh, I have two months of leads list to go through to like compile them to a master sheet, but I'll throw those and pro- keep a product viewer. 
Um, there's a few brands that I keep my eye on and I'll just throw that brand in the Keepa uh, product finder. And uh, I set it to, I like to find listings where there's nobody selling on them. I really like that. Mm. And uh, I'll set it to like zero offer count and then um, 180, 180 days or whatever. I put that as like one, just one seller, one offer. And that usually will show me things where people were in stock this year, but that they are out of stock now. And I, I like finding listings like that. Yeah, do you Sweet. analyze it? What do you, what do you think about the sales rank on that kind of stuff? Do you just kind of, because I know a lot of times sales rank drops on that stuff, right? Where there's no people on it. I've got on some of that stuff myself in the past. <clears throat> yeah, I've, uh, there's probably been um, out of like 20 listings that I find, sometimes there's about three or four that, they, the item does not sell or I really have to drop the price. Um, I had some stuff like sit in Amazon for like three or four months that like I could have swore that it was going to sell, but it did not sell. So I had to, I had to get it back and it's actually on a better listing now too. But I, I mean, if I can tell that it's sold in the past like year or two, um, a little bit at all, like I'll give it a try because I mean, if something can sell one or two times, like the sales rank probably isn't that good, but if it sells one or two times for me per day, I mean, you know, that's 30, yeah. 30 to 60 times a month of, of, you know, so I try to go for that. And especially if you're the only one on it, you're getting all the sales. So, or even yeah. it's two people, like you're still splitting 30 to 60 sales, which could be uh, really good. What is profitable product viewer? Oh, keep a, keep a product, pro, keep a product viewer. So, oh, Okay. Never mind. Yeah, that's what I meant. I don't know what I uh, if I said something different, but keep a you product said profit, viewer. Profit. You said profitable product viewer. Like I wrote that down. I was like, maybe I should look into getting that or something. But, <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh. Yeah. Keep a product viewer. Yeah. I just I just copy like a a a list full of basins and throw it in there. Sorry. Do you and, have any uh, VAs I have, or? I don't have no. I don't have any VAs. Um. I did have VAs last year. I did try to have a VA last year and it was more work to manage, manage him and go through his leads and stuff. And I just, I mean, and, and, and then sometimes with the VAs, I don't know where they're getting their leads from. I try to show them like how to do it, but sometimes I, I feel like maybe they're getting them from like a leads group or something. So I'm in, uh, with my, I'm on a leads list. I've have a bunch of leads saved and all my leads that I've bought in the past. And I'm in a discord group too, that I'm not really active in. I don't really go in it that much, but they sh- they share leads in there too. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest advantages to be in the game a long time. Like this Q4, like I think I might've bought maybe 10 to 15 new ASINs. It was just, everything else the bulk of it was stuff i've either bought throughout the year or like in past q4s it's like why would i buy like i know how this stuff moves i know it's not i'm not gonna get off the listing like why would i bother kind of like taking risks and a lot of the stuff that i bought new kind of got screwed or pounced on and i was like you should have just stuck to like what you know and just going through like I, you actually recommended one of the leads list to me and I've been on that and just kind of like banking those leads. And like, if I can't find anything, I'll just go back through those old leads. Like I have a, I'll go through it and just like compile it and just put in one big list. And then I'll break the date of the last time I went through it. 
and the other day i found something i was like damn like it's been you out of through it like one by one clicking clicking and yeah seeing. i went through it one by one um i'm definitely going to start uploading to keepa um now that you just said that i actually never thought about that but i found something i was like wow this has been out of stock and the price recently like almost tripled or quadrupled and i was like all right this is amazing i've uh i've used uh something called cheddar soft before uh and then i've used something that was like analyzer tools to like just upload like a list of asins and it tells you kind of where it's at profitability wise but um i just it takes a long time to do that and like clicking one by one like if i if i can upload the leads list like sometimes there's coupons on the leads list items but I have my columns set up so that I can see um, percentage drop of like the 30 days and 90 days. So percentage drop, if you can sort it by 90 days percentage drop, and when it's like negative, when the number is negative, that means that the prices went up and I just sort it by um, 90 days drop. So it's things that are increasing in price and I just kind of, and then there's also, uh, you you can't list it to where it has zero offer count. But if you go to if you have new offer count and sort it sort it by you know greatest to least least to greatest if you scroll all the way to the bottom it'll show you offer count that's like a dash then that means nobody's on it then you can go through and see like oh well there's all these listings um, that and some of them are out of stock you can't get them anymore but every now and then you find something that you're like man this is still profitable and nobody's on it interesting I'm definitely gonna upload that list to keep it today and kind of see uh, what that bears I was actually sourcing with someone today. And we found something that it was super weird. It was in Keepa, but when you put the ASIN into Amazon, it wouldn't pop up. It, another listing came up. But if you put it into Inventory Labs, it pops up as a, as a correct variation. So we're both going to test it and see. We might get screwed on it, but it, it just makes a ton of sense to test it since there's so much profit there. But yeah, there's all these little intricacies uh, with stuff like this. Yeah, what's your kind of goal with everything for the year? I know you were you were talking about earlier. You like seeing the money in your bank account, so I definitely get where that's at. But it, you can't grow the business like that. Do you want to do one mil, two mil, or do you, what kind of you? What's your goal for it? Um, I I would like to hit one hundred and fifty thousand profit. That's what I would like to hit. So I did a little bit over a million at around thirteen percent. So I was I was close to about one hundred and thirty thousand this year. And I know that sounds like a lot. It sounds like a lot, but like with the, in the Amazon business and always having inventory, like I, I mean, sometimes it doesn't feel like it's a lot, but I mean, yeah, it, it, I mean, I guess it is a lot. It is with my job and stuff too. Uh, but with paying taxes and stuff, you only get like a 75% of whatever that is. Cause you pay like a bunch in taxes. So about 150,000 is what I'd like to do. So maybe one to 1.5 million is what i'd like to hit yeah makes sense you do you do any type of info or, info or anything like that i know lots of guys have like about starting your own leads list you're not interested in that stuff too much yeah i've i've wanted to do that I, i've i've really wanted to do that i had an email list i had a plan to kind of create a course and do all that i had an email li- email list arbitrage experience and was doing that and because digital marketing is kind of where I, I got interested in making money online back in 2013, 2014, all that. And uh, I was interested in doing that. It's just, I don't know. I did a few coaching calls and the email list, and it just seemed like it was a chore to do. And 
I like, I just didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it anymore, but having a leads list, I would like to do that. But I just, as far as like managing a VA team, I don't know how to get to that point of doing that to building out a team to where I can provide, you know, 10 leads a day to a list. Yeah. And if it feels like a chore now, it's not going to get any better. Yeah. That's the exactly the way I think about it. So it's like, and this stuff ends up being a chore. It's like a lot of like mental work, I guess. It's obviously not like hard work. You're just like talking on a computer, but it definitely mentally is tough, especially taking all those coaching calls, things like that. I get where you're coming from there. Yeah. And teaching, it's like, I want to help people, but sometimes I struggle finding leads myself. So if I try to explain, like, I've had coaching calls, a lot of coaching calls where I've bought coaching and I felt like I was left empty handed. Like they just kind of went over like a few basic things. And I'm thinking like, well, I'm trying to figure out like, what are you buying? And like, let me, where are you buying it at? I, I need to know stuff like that. So yeah. with the coaching call, like I kind of directed people like where to buy stuff. And I would give them like a, a lead or two that like I, you know, was on of what to buy. And I just can't do that with everybody. And I don't know. I mean, I could teach the basics of like sourcing and stuff, but there's always, there's, I just uh, competing with other, um, competing with other creators and stuff. I just don't, I just didn't want to do that. And I think about like, what do I want to talk about for the rest of my life? Like 20 years from now, 15 years from now, like, what do I want to be talking about? What do I want to be doing? Yeah. Well, so, that's kind of why I'm we interested. made this like podcast, not Amazon focus. It was just like, it is, but it isn't. It's like business overall and just kind of like, can we do this for 10 years? And like, we have Amazon people on, we could have anyone on really. Cause it's just like basically like a, a side hustle that turned into a business or just a cool side hustle you have and just exposing that to the world. Because I feel like that's kind of how we all got started. We just sourced some piece of content. We're like, Oh, interesting. Like you could sell on Amazon and then you just kind of go down the rabbit hole and that's kind of like this, like who knows who future guests will be on. But yeah, no, that's super interesting. Yeah, yeah. I saw you're on it. You're in a bodybuilding. Are you going to enter a bodybuilding show or something soon? Yeah, August. So August, I'm going to do classic physique. Nice. So that's where, I mean, there's, you've got like bodybuilding, open bodybuilding, and then you've got classic physique, and then you have men's physique. And, uh, I like the, so I, it feels like it's like an art to me to go to the gym and, you know, bodybuilding and then getting up on stage and presenting it. It's like just a form of art that is something that really interests me. I like the posing because like you can do it like a really cool poses. Like people can look like decent, but like if you can pose a certain way, it just, it's really cool. And bodybuilding is just so much more than just what it looks. And, you know, it's, it's really it's personal development built inside of it. You have to overcome yourself in a lot of situations and self-doubt and all that. If you did a bodybuilding cut yet, you like got those low, low calories. I haven't. No, I did go through a mini cut this past, whatever. Um, I don't really mind being hungry. I know that it's probably going to get a lot more extreme. Um, but, uh, force feeding, is really hard. I'm eating about 6,000 calories a day Holy and smoke. it's about, uh, 1400 grams of Jasmine rice. So I'm supposed to eat chicken and rice three times a day and then steak and rice one time. But, uh, one of those I cut out because it's, sometimes it's hard to eat. And I just got, I just got through with COVID too. 
and then going through like one of those cartons of egg whites a day and uh protein powder a lot of protein powder it's expensive it's expensive oh, yeah. yeah i, I found the force feeding yeah, yeah go for i found the force feeding and bulking harder than the cutting like i enjoy the cutting part more like being hungry like you said that's easier to me than it is like force feeding like that i think the most i ever got to was like 4k a day in college and i was like i'm gonna die and when you're <laughs> when you're cutting there's little ways you can kind of like trick yourself get around from that you know eating like low calorie foods and stuff but that bulking there's not a ton of ways to get around like shoving that many calories it's crazy that is i struggle yeah. to eat 2600 I usually I'm like at like two thousand. I'm just like ah, like um, I I'm like I think I get one to just be busy and just doing work and like kind of like don't care about eating kind of thing. But like my trainer's like oh dude it's so important you got to do this. I'm just like all right. Uh, So I try my best. We just got like a ninja creamy, so that's helped me a little bit. But uh, did you see the Hormozy video where he like kind of broke down how he eats all this protein? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do that Greek yogurt thing from time to time. He's got a lot of cool, like, little tricks of getting a lot of protein in. Yeah. I was, like, shocked he by does. that video. I he was does. like, oh, But, wow. I mean, if you're going to grow, you got to you gotta... say it again. I was like, wow, like, I never thought about, like. What did you say? I never thought about drinking, like, a carton of egg whites or, like, just eating a whole yogurt thing and putting cereal on it. I was like, oof, this is intense. That egg white thing looks pretty good, to be honest. I it looks pretty good. Oh man, not... I thought about. I was at the store this week and I was like <laughs> looking at the uh, chocolate syrup, and I'm like, we'll wait for another day. Like this will not be the day that I make chocolate egg white shake or whatever that was. <laughs> the consistency. How long have you had a trainer? Uh, How long have you had I've a trainer? Had one for about three months now. This is the third month. We're doing a six month thing. I'll be definitely almost, who knows, maybe by Monday, I'll be down 25 pounds. I'm trying to lose, like, probably, like, 30 to 40 more. He's like, you don't want to go more <laughs> than that. Um, but it's kind of been, I will say, kind of, with the holidays and stuff, it got a little lax uh, on the diet side. But now I'm, like, really zoned. I, I got COVID, too. Uh, like the first week of January or like right after Christmas. So those first like, I don't even know, five days-ish were like pretty rough coming back and the beginning of the year. But now I'm like ready to go. And yeah, I worked out with them yesterday and I was like, I'm ready to do this kind of thing. Um, It just takes a long time to see improvement. So for me, this is, I look at it like I'm not going to do bodybuilding or anything like that. Like I need something that's sustainable for like my life. So where I could have a couple of drinks on the weekend. Cause I think that's where I fell short. Like I did 75 hard and it was like, okay, no drinking, no this, no that. And then when you can do all that, you're like, Oh, well, the first pizza. Oh, the first, this, the first that. And then you just kind of like, go back and then before you know it it's like shit like it's kind of back to like where you were uh so for this i'm trying to take that approach where it's like kind of sustainable i kind of look at it like the amazon business it's just like it's almost not if someone you know you got to take it one asin at a time like you're not finding a thousand asins on the first day um and if you did like you're not going to do it the second day so i'm just trying to take it like day by day and just kind of go by his guidance and he's just 
yeah he's just like you gotta be able to do this and it's kind of a nice program too because it's a lot of it's virtual he like pushes to an app so i like it because i just go to the gym and follow whatever the hell he says i don't have to think about it i just do it i could text him with any questions we do weekly check-in calls and then yeah we'll work out together i don't know like twice a month but it's like for me it's kind of the perfect balance i feel like especially with my schedule usually when i was like trained with a trainer you kind of have to do it on their time even though you're the client and you're like well like you know during q4 it's like i'd rather wake up at five and source for five hours and have to go meet them at like 5 30 and like kind of break up the day uh so this has been working well for me and i probably have the most success and i think it's also just accountability like knowing that he's like looking at everything that i'm eating like hey you're doing the workout like when i first started i didn't really understand the importance of eating well i did but it's like oh like you work your ass off during the week and then on the weekend like i'd be like oh like you know i did the thing like it's fine and he's like well six divided by 21 i always remember this is 28 and he's like that means 28 percent of the time you're not eating what you're supposed to be eating so if you want to make progress that has to be closer to three so i think that gets you down to like 14 percent i was like damn like i never thought about that he's like you're tossing away everything you did on the weekend basically if you like kind of reeat those calories and just like that alone and i think that's why paying for coaching is important too and just knowing like he's gonna go through like dude like what happened last week i like you're up to or like whatever um so i find it super helpful and as someone who hasn't been like a gym rat and stuff like that just like seeing like how things are done and like it's just been super helpful yeah for sure do you have a coach for your bodybuilding or do you do it all solo uh i do have a coach i do have a coach i hired him i think uh october last year september october and uh, he gives me workouts and he gives me stuff to do um my profile picture that i have for instagram though like how i'm like ripped and like six pack and all that like i mean i got to that point but i just needed uh i needed like i've never competed before and like i've i don't really I, I mean, obviously, if you want to get big, like calories in, calories out, you have to eat more. But there's specific foods and uh, to eat to like really grow, to really, um, you know, spike your insulin, get that protein to the muscles. And like, I didn't, I didn't know all that, but yeah. And also too, uh, being a part of like he's trains other people that I'm, I'm friends with in real life, and so it's like we're all like a team, and we talk to each other and feed off each other, and. So it's really, I don't see, I don't really see him that much. I won't see him until I start, uh, you know, until I start prep, which would be like 16 weeks out. And then I'll see him uh, like every week, every other week as a check-in. All that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what made you go with uh, classic over uh, men's physique? Cause I know that usually the the first one's usually men's physique, but usually must have some like legs there going on if you don't want to do the men's physique thing. <laughs> Yeah, my legs aren't really that great, but um, men's physique is like two poses. That's it. Yeah. And I don't want to just do two poses. I want to like, I want to pose. I want to, I want to flex. I want to do all that. I want to, I want to, I want to do the whole thing. I might do men's physique just as like, because it's my first show, I might just jump into a lot of different classes because mm-hmm. you can do all kinds of, so I might do that. I might, but it's just, it's not, I like the posing aspect of it and there's just not a lot of men's physique. 
Yep, makes sense. Well, what about the training? Like, uh, I saw you do high volume. Do you just based off the coach or have you done a bunch of like research into training and stuff? Because I'm always intrigued on people's training philosophies. Because I, I, if you, I don't know if you're with like Mike Mincer or Dorian Yates, that's how I train that low volume, high intensity style. But that's like exact opposite of like what you do, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I follow yeah Dorian Yates. He's and he's a beast too. And I mean, Mike Mincer, like he talked about like doing like one hard set. Um, you know, I mean, and I follow uh, Renaissance periodization and, yep. you know, they talk about like less volume, but they've come out with a new study that was like higher leg volume can produce more growth. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I change it up from time to time. Like this last, uh, every, every four weeks it, it gets changed up. Um, I do like, I probably like working more heavier, heavier volume, but I mean, it is like a lot more food that you have to eat because you're, you're a lot more calories, but um, yeah. Uh, I mean, but Dorian Yates, like you can't argue against that. I mean, and he didn't, but he, I mean, when, when he says high intensity, like that's a different level of intensity than like 95% of the people that, not, that, that work out. Like he, he, he's a different level. And plus he had a trainer too. Like when I, that story I posted with the 120 pound dumbbells, like I had at least two more, two or three more. If I had somebody there like helping me out mm. and like, you know, Dorian Yates had somebody, a coach there that could help him push past failure and really go, really go higher intensity. But I switch it up. Yeah. It's kind of impossible to do that whole Mike Mincer, Dorian Yates style. If you don't have one, a partner, like you said, to really push you to there's nothing left and machines a lot of times, because dumbbells, you can only go so far without like you're ripping your shoulders off. But if you're on like an incline machine, I guess it's just with a partner in that they just squeeze every bit of juice out of it. But like you said, I think people think they train hard and they really just don't train that hard. And it's almost impossible to train as hard as those guys without somebody just pushing you like crazy behind you. But I actually I ran into that, that the other day, like training with my trainer. Like I thought I was going really hard and then I work out with him and like, he kind of like, I wasn't aware of some of the things. And basically he was just like, he would give you like, it'd be like a 12, 10, eight, six set. And he's like, so I'm there trying to like hit 12, 10, eight, six. And he's like, no dude, like six, you should like barely be able to do six. And I was like, Oh, like I was kind of like managing the load down to hit all these. He's like, no, you just go high and like whatever you get, you record it. And so like, today I did that. And I was like, damn, like this workout's so much better. Um, and I just felt I was so sore after working out with him. Uh, we did like an hour and a half. But yeah, it's. I think that's one of the bigger things, too, when you like have a coach or even an Amazon, like when you source with someone, you're like, that knows what they're doing you're like oh damn like i don't know what i'm doing like this person's like talking or did you cut out because it looks like you're still talking it cuts out randomly yeah it cuts out randomly okay okay what were you saying Um, we missed the part after you said something about uh i don't even remember what it was about learning about training or whatever oh like learn about training like when i was with my trainer he was just like Oh, if you're doing like a 12, 10, 8 or whatever, he's like getting to 8 You sh- at like 6, you should be gassed. Like you shouldn't be able to get to 8. And here I was thinking like, oh, like I got to get all these reps in. He's like, no, like you got You want to try to PR every time and just like kind of adjust. And I was like, okay. And then I applied that to like today and I was like, damn, it's such a different workout doing it that way. Yeah, does he talk to you about if progressive wanna- overload? 
Oh, go ahead. You go. You go first, David. Oh, uh, I was just going to say, if you want to see somebody uh, like training with full intensity, like Sam Sulik, that dude, <laughs> yeah. um, he trains with very, very like high intensity. And like, even with like a few reps left, like he's doing like half reps, like, like it's like called like a long lengthened partial and like mm-hmm. still getting all the juice out. Like he trains hard. Yeah, that guy's impressive. I've been watching so much of his stuff. It kind of has got me back into the gym is watching him. I'm like, I can do this. And he his workouts are nine, ten sets max on each body part, but he goes till like there's nothing left in the tank. And by himself too, just sitting there in the gym, nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night. It, it's really impressive. That kid's like, he's killing it. Yeah. And I like uh, you know, I like making content and recording myself and um like to figure out if you're really going hard enough like record yourself um just and like you can look back at your videos and you can tell like because i've looked back at some of my stuff that i've recorded and i'm like man i had at least uh, two more reps left but like when i'm doing it i felt like in my head i'm like all right i don't have anything left but when i watch myself i'm like dude i had more in there i had more so it's cool to to and like to, to look back and and then I've i've done a lot of form checks on myself and like just by recording myself casually in the gym I've noticed that uh, there was some stuff that I was doing wrong or squats that yeah. like my back was rounding just a little bit or whatever it is. Um, it really helps to record yourself. It feels weird at first to like bring in a tripod and all kinds of stuff. I actually had a Rode microphone on today and like would set it up and like was talking, which is really weird to do. But um, like doing the things that you don't want to do, like we were talking about like earlier, was, mm-hmm. I talked myself out of it yesterday because I was like, I need to do that. And then I'm like, no, there's a lot of people in here. I don't want to do that. But um, I actually spoke into the to the Rode microphone and like it only plays out of one earbud. So I completely ruined like I recorded all kinds of stuff and it's like not good to like post, but um, I did it. But yeah, just recording yourself and and looking at yourself to make sure that you're doing form right, seeing if you have more left in the tank because, yeah. Yeah, I thought about like kind of potentially like recording myself, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> It's hard. It's a lot of like social anxiety built up doing that stuff. Do, do you at least track, do you track your workouts, David, like your uh, reps and sets and that kind of stuff? Um, Since I, since I had do it like every other, like four weeks, I don't really, I don't track it. I did up until I got my coach. I did. Uh, but since I only keep track of it every four weeks, I know what I did before and I can just kind of add a little bit to it. Some weeks I'm just not feeling it. Uh, you know, it's just like, I can't progressive overload to, to yep. you know more and uh you know and then every now and then i have to do a deload right now i'm on a six day a week training and like it's a lot it, it really that's is that's what i'm at it's it's intense <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's tough I, i've tracked my lift since college me and my friend do it we have like 700 workouts tracked in this app and uh i think that's another way of like seeing how hard you're training because i can go any gym in the country and pull up a machine i'm like i know what i did before i know if i'm being a pussy today and not going hard enough or whatever it is or how much weaker have i got or how much stronger that's kept me I, I think like recording yourself or at least recording the reps or recording that kind of stuff it is kind of important because you can kind of lie to yourself and act like you're going hard and like not but having that proof like right in front of you you're like uh, you can't really can't lie to that thing yeah i agree i do i agree i do uh i use strong strong app i think that's what it's called uh mm. that's what i track uh workouts with when i do track uh but i was going back and forth from golds to uh gold's gym to true fit and some machines were different so 
and since I just, you know, change it up every four weeks, I just stopped tracking it. Uh, just, I can keep it in my head of like what I did before and, uh, really just try to push as much as I can every time, every time. Yep. Makes sense. Do you feel like doing the fitness has helped your Amazon business grow? Yeah, in a sense, when I first started the bodybuilding thing and hired the coach, it did kind of take a little bit of a hit because meal prepping a lot and bulking like takes up a lot of time. It does. And not only not only does it take up a lot of time when you eat a lot, you don't have as much energy to like get up and want to do stuff. But um, I do feel like, you know, just doing just working out by myself before, like I started really doing the bodybuilding thing. I felt like it. I feel like it helps me. It, it just helps me mentally. Because, you know, it helps build confidence in myself. And because a lot of times with the Amazon business, like sometimes you can start doubting yourself and you're like, man, can I really do this? Am I really capable of doing this again this next year? And thoughts like that can creep in your head. But like, you know, just like I said, the gym is just a, a way to show myself that I can show up for myself and help me believe in myself. Makes sense. <laughs> What you got, John? You got any other good questions? Yeah. Uh, have you ever wanted to stop selling on Amazon for any reason? No, not really. No, I like doing it. I really would like to, what I ideally like to do is sell on Amazon and train people fitness, kind of like how your coach is doing you online stuff. I'm about to invest in some type of mentorship there to do that, to show, because uh, I've almost got my ISSA uh, certification to train people, which I mean, it doesn't matter if I don't really need that. I know what to do, but um, I'm trying to get mentorship doing that. Um, I did try to to sell private label last year. I bought a big course to try to show me how to do that. And uh, just there was so much, it felt like there was so much risk involved. And I know there's a big reward to doing that, to having that in place. But it's just when I can spend $3,000 in a day and like have the products in two or three days and then get them to Amazon and sell. And like, I don't want my money tied up in private label. So I did dabble in that a little bit, but communicating with Chinese sellers and doing all this and creating a brand. And I'd like to, I'd like to do that, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we, we were there you, uh, too. after the podcast. Remind me. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you some little resources about the the whole training thing and like starting the you know training people online. I've got a decent amount of resources for that and setting that stuff up because that's kind of like uh, I've learned a lot about that in the last eight months. And I definitely think that the guys doing that, that training online and doing that, like it's just no overhead on the business. Like you, you make good content and you go viral and you provide some type of value, you're going to get clients and you're probably going to make decent money. And those guys, those fitness guys make like a lot of money. Like I've been, I've seen the back end of some of this stuff. They're killing it. Yeah. And also too, just like not even in fitness, but it could be in anything. Like you're in the perfect position to help the person that you used to be. And there's so many people that's like in the position that we all used to be in in whatever area of life and just reaching back and helping them and showing and showing the way of just, just helping people. That's why I kind of like wanted, because I feel like I help people with the Amazon thing, but like when you get somebody to train them in the gym and go into, and, and transform like the way that they feel about themselves and it transforms their relationship with others and their career. And like, I feel like I would get more impact out of, out of doing that and helping people that way. Yeah, That's why I want to do that. And plus like when I'm 60 years old, like I still would be doing that. Like fitness is just a part of my life and I would still want to talk to people about that and still help them because so many people are lost and so many people have self doubt and so many people 
struggle with different vices of overcoming things and uh they're just people are just lost not to say that i have it figured out because i don't have it figured out but i'm i'm far up the mountain i feel yeah for sure and yeah i mean i feel like that's almost the ultimate if you could like train someone to lose weight i mean make them feel better about them you're basically helping them live longer which is insane yeah. like if you think about the roi on that like just living longer yeah that's a good like, selling point too that's what i'm going to say whenever somebody tries to back out <laughs> there's actually yeah, if, a, I could add five, if i could add five years to your life would it not be worth 250 dollars a month i i actually yeah. or have, 10 years to your life or something i'll, I'll send it to you there's a spotify hermosi podcast where he talks about his like pitch and he like goes into all that kind of stuff and like it's like oh my husband like you know, I don't think he wants me to do it. And he's like, do you think your husband would want you to not live as long? And she's like, oh, you're right. Like, no, he wouldn't. And then she, like, signs, he, like, has all these little, like, tactics. I was like, damn, that was so good. Like, it's so funny. Yeah, Alex Hormozzi, uh the sales stuff, I love all kinds of, like, the like the psychology behind like the conversations because i'm in sales and i have to like sometimes do that to to you know try to convince people alex hormozzi like andy elliott uh those are two that i really follow but i like the sales stuff yeah the sales stuff's cool it's like once uh i've learned more about it in the last few months and once you learn that kind of stuff it's like you take like a red pill like you're in the you're like in the matrix you learn that you actually can completely shift because I don't like take a lot of sales call for stuff that I want. Like I usually want to buy something or I don't, but learning how much that actually does make an impact, like knowing sales or knowing that kind of stuff. It's kind of like crazy to me. I feel like it makes you a bit like cynical learning that you can kind of talk people into almost anything. If you're good enough at sales or whatever, it's a little weird to me, but have you heard uh, Andy Elliott, like the way he, like, I mean, he, he he can like back you into the corner where he asks you questions where you have to say yes. Like it's a yes answer that he asks you. He'd be like, yes or no, would you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Is this not important to you? Yes or no. So would you say that it's fair that like if we set you up with this, this is going to get you to that goal a lot faster? Yes or no? Okay, then what's stopping us from moving forward today or something? And he just, he says it a lot better than that, but he's. I've never heard right. of him. I'm going to have to look into him. <laughs> Yeah, Andy Elliott's awesome. He's the guy. He wears super tight shirts. He's like the Reds <laughs> personal. <laughs> he pops up nonstop on my stuff. Yeah, I think I'm gonna he's going to follow him on Instagram. Sure. Yeah, that, that whole yes, no thing. I saw something about that the other day. So if you get someone to say three yeses, they're more likely to say yes on the fourth thing. So I think there's some psychology behind like, yeah, would this improve your life? You know, who's going to stop you from doing it? whatever it is. And then at the end you pitch and it's like, well, it has to be yes. And it's like a, I think it's a 76% increase that if somebody answers yes, three times, they're going to answer yes. The fourth time. And I don't know if he hint, I don't know if he says that specifically, but I know that's like a huge thing in sales that a lot of these, uh, these guys I honestly try to implement. think it's like just logic. You'd feel dumb saying no, because it's like, do you want to get in shape? Yes. Do you want to eat better? Yes. You, oh, I have everything you need to do it. Do you want to do it? And when are you going to be like, no, like you just said yes. It's just I think it's like that. I think that's hilarious. So I'm definitely gonna look him well, up. Yeah. Good. A lot of it is like um information gathering and talking to people like when a lot of like our we have people that train us and like listen to our phone calls at work and it's like just talk to people, just dig into like where you know, what their family life is like, where they're working at, how their life is right now. Because like when you pitch somebody that's in like Utah and say, Hey, you're gonna have to travel to Boston to go to treatment 
people do not want to do that. And then you have to remind them of what they're doing it for and the pain points that they have, mm. you know, are you doing lots of cold calls or are you getting like warm leads or how does that go? It is, uh, it is warm leads. It's not cold calls, but, um, a lot of times we're advertised on like alcoholicsanonymous.com where people are just calling in to look for meetings. And if somebody is drinking every single day and they want to go to meetings, like that's not the way to like get sober. You probably could, you probably could, but like, that's not the best and safest way. So like it's talking to them and then like asking them if you can offer them a suggestion and, and be like, Hey, do you care from a recovering alcoholic? Do you mind if I, if I, should, if I, if I give you a small suggestion and then easing it in like that and then convincing them that they, you know, are going to need more than that, which people normally do. People will normally do. Like if somebody's drinking alcohol every day and they have withdrawals and stuff and they're just going to go to an AA meeting. So that's one big one. And, um, you know, convincing people to fly, people don't really want to fly, but you know, yeah, that's kind of. I was thinking that if that's like a that's a hard selling thing. The big yeah. sometimes yeah. money's the issue. Sometimes money's the issue, and I just and sometimes we have to say, okay, well, let's just money's off the table. Money's not an issue anymore. So what what's stopping you now? And uh, you know, because sometimes like we can manipulate things to where like get people in without having to pay a whole lot. But yeah, and then <laughs> when somebody says no, you just ask them why. What do you mind to ask? Do you mind if I ask you why? You know, just. And then, I don't know. It's a lot. It's it's. I listen to. We have some really good salesmen. One of the, one of the guys that I work with. I mean, he made one hundred and fifty thousand dollars this year just from what we do. So wow. it's it's good money. Yeah, it's good money. What what got, what are your uh, what objections? Do you hate the most? I've I've been learning so much about this stuff. I have questions. So many questions about sales. But what what are your uh, what are the <laughs> what are the objections you can't stand the most? Because I know there's some that are like obviously the spouse ones and things like that. Um, I mean, people thinking that they that they they don't need to go to like rehab to do it. Like, I mean, money's an objection sometimes, but like that's easy to overcome. Uh, traveling, not wanting to travel is is a big one. Um, needing their spouse involved, like. I know a lot of sales calls, like with cars, for instance, like you can get around that objection. Usually with addiction, though, we want the family to be involved. So, it, I mean, if we could, yeah. you know, get me on the phone with the whole family, put me on speakerphone in the middle of the room and like, let me explain. Like sometimes I can convince the whole family, you know, and, uh, you know, when they don't want to fly, like a lot of times we have to get other family members involved and start talking to like the wife and the mother and be like, look, you have more power than you think you do. Like he says that he doesn't want to go. And I'm letting you know right now, if you set a boundary and say that he has to change and you're no longer supporting his addiction and you're not going to stand by why he kills himself, he will go to go get some help. But really people just thinking that they can just go to meetings or just like do the bare minimum to, to not get help. Yeah, and all of that stuff's like literally dangerous. I, I know alcohol yeah. specifically, and then I think it might be Xanax is the other one, but you can't just like yeah, go Xanax to too. Yeah, the, if you quit those, you die, right? Like you can't just cold turkey alcohol or Xanax, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a way of talking to people to get them to trust you, though. Like getting and I listened to one of my buddies, and like he can get on the phone with anybody, and immediately they start trusting him. Like he's really good at building trust, and like that's really. um you know, he says things like 
I've been doing this for a long time. Whether he's been doing it for a long time or not, he's only been doing it for like a year and a half, two years. He's like, I've been doing this a long time. I'm really good at what I do. Like, even if he's not good at what he does, like he's all, he's just building confidence and building trust in the person that's talking to him. And, uh, you know, using humor, you know, adding in some humor. One of, my, one of the things that he says is like, uh, yeah, we have, to do a, we have to do a clinical assessment over the phone. It takes me five minutes unless you're out here trying to kill people. Then it might take me 10 minutes. But otherwise, I'm really good at what I do. And like he's, uh, you know, he's hey, I've worked with him for like the past four years at different places. He's one of my best friends. But, yeah, getting people to trust you. Makes sense. And also, too, like, uh, believing in it, like, it's not getting people to believe what you're saying. It's getting people to believe that you believe in what you're saying. That's a really big thing mm. about it, too. Yeah, conviction, right? Like, that's yeah. they can yeah. tell you're not convicted, like, especially in something like what you're doing, I'm sure. It's like, if, if they, they feel any hesitancy from you, they're definitely going to have hesitancy. So, yeah, I definitely see that. <clears throat> For sure. For sure. What else, John? You want to start this lightning round? Yeah, let's start the lightning round. <laughs> do, do you have three? Yeah, I have three. Do you? Yeah, we, we did this on the last episode yeah. we just recorded. We're going to do like three questions a piece just because like, I don't we know. We actually don't know. We could have the same questions. I guess we're going to find out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Let's hope not. <laughs> All right. I'll go. Uh, what's the most you've lost on a single ASIN? Um, I've lost $600 before. I've lost six hundred dollars. That's probably the most. I have some inventory sitting there now. That's probably I'm going to break even on. But yeah, I bought a bunch of video games one time that it turns out I I wasn't able to sell on the listing. I couldn't sell it new. What's the most you've made on a single ASIN? Um, probably around eleven to thirteen thousand dollars. Damn. That was Q4 in 2022. I sold some of these uh these toothbrushes. Damn, toothbrushes, jeez. Uh, let's see. The last one. Who do you talk to when you feel stuck? Um, I have a friend. Um, one of my friends that like it's been there for me since I've gotten clean, and uh, he's always there to for me to like talk to him and talk through things, or my fiance. Sweet. Okay, modern, more kind of fitness-based, obviously, because I, I love talking about that stuff. Uh, top three foods to bulk on. So, chicken, um, obviously, steak, and then um, I'm going to go with jasmine rice because people don't realize that how anabolic carbs are and how much that they spike your insulin and how essential insulin being spiked is to like rushing all those nutrients. So people just look at protein. And they're like, oh, I just need the protein to build bulk up. Like, man, you really need a lot of carbs. You need a lot of carbs, a lot of, a lot of simple carbs. Actually, I love yeah, jasmine rice. I got like the uncle Ben's one. I just like heat that in the microwave. I'm like, Oh, it's so much. It's so much better than like their regular rice for sure. hundred percent. What about top three diet foods on the other end of that? So if you're going to have to cut, what three, what three things can get you through like a tough cut? The Greek yogurt with uh, Greek yogurt with 
some type of like Hawaiian punch or crystal light mixture. Like I get the plain kind so that it's doesn't it's just pure protein. Um, I, I get this bread that is only like 60 calories and I smear like a little bit of peanut butter on it. It's like some type of cinnamon bread. I forget what it's called, but it's really, really good. It's really good. And then, um, uh, these fudge pops, they're like 40 calories. Like when I'm really craving something right now. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. I mean, you get like a sweet tooth every now and then, and I mean, 40 calories, you can't really, you can't really beat that. Yeah. I have them in my freezer right now. I have like two or three at a time. If I'm like, really want a sweet tooth, it's like 120 calories, 80 calories. It's like nothing. So <laughs> that's a really yeah. good one. Yeah. I think what's, what's more important to you, if you, if you feel like you're a young guy listening to this and uh, what's more important to build up, build up the physique or the money? Man, the physique or the money. Uh, man, that's really tough. Um, you know, you only have one you and you don't, I mean, money's, you can always make money. Um, money's really, it's, it's a skill that you can learn. Uh, but like building and getting a foundation of your life and yourself and a lot of the building your body, you learn a lot of new lessons in life about adversity and consistency and showing up for yourself and a lot of those lessons that you learn in that like can help elevate you to make more money later on down the road so i would say building the body building the body would be first i agree i think it's tougher to tougher to go back and build that foundation but if you can build that when you're young it's hard to lose it if you can build like a solid muscle foundation and knowledge foundation you know it gives you a good mindset too, because like, I mean, you, anybody, you could get like a big bag, but if like, you don't have the right mindset, like you'll get, I mean, you'll lose it just as fast as you get it. And, you know, I wish everybody could make a lot of money and realize, I mean, I haven't made like a, like a shit ton of money, but, um, just like money's not everything. Like it is a tool. Um, but it's not, it's not everything. Yeah. All right. And then do you have any last parting words for the viewer and where can everyone find you? Yeah. Um, I'll just end with the quote that I heard from Alex Formosi. Um, extraordinary results come from doing ordinary things for an extraordinary amount of time. Oh. And you can find me at Prohaska fit P R O C H A S K A fit on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter. That's it. Sweet. Well, thanks for doing this. Guys, go follow him. Please like, subscribe, follow. You can listen to this on Spotify and Apple as well. And we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.